Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Embedded Computing Design, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week's a little different one. My guest is Marcus Webster of Webster and Webster Associates, and he's a recruiter. How you doing, Marcus? Good, Rich. How are you doing today? Just fine. Thank you very much. Um, we normally have people here on who are developing stuff, and I, you're probably the first recruiter I've ever had. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. For having, I've seen a lot of people on there on, as you interviewed that we know personally. So um, it's good to be in the same um, arena with them talking to you. Well, thanks. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is that uh, actually there's a few reasons. One is that we have a pretty significant engineering shortage. And I want to talk to you about that. Two, and, and let's start with number two. Um, how do we get more people involved in engineering? What's why aren't people excited about being engineers, developers, um, people who write code, people who are doing the real engineering work today? What What's up with that? I am picking back on your previous um, podcast with Dr. Kent Bindgrit uh, from ARM. Um, it's, it's the exposure at an early age, okay? My dad was an electrical engineer, okay? And the funny thing is that we recruit a lot of parents, kids now, because their parents were engineers, okay? So um, it's that exposure at an early age. My dad had me with an electronics kit when I was six years old, you know what I mean? So my thing is to take kids from Legos to electronics to robotics and beyond at six years old. You know, don't, when a lot of people will buy Legos, but that they stop at Legos, you know what I mean? And not even get my iPad, you know what I mean? But it's not the same. It's not building that same tactile, you know, fun, growing exposure kind of thing, I believe. I am not your poster child. My kids want nothing to do with engineering. They're <laughs> things that are pretty much the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, ours either. <laughs> and, and it wasn't really, I mean, I, I won't say I pushed it in our house, but, but my kids are definitely exposed to it. And it just didn't do anything for them. So is it because we didn't present it the right way or... And just some kids just aren't interested. Oh yeah, our kids are the same way. They're all all our kids are smart enough to to do um, engineering. One of our kids tested like a one twenty three IQ, super smart kid. So he can definitely do it. He just chose to do other things. Um, and the thing is, this is like in the, anything. All kids are different, but the but the ones that it sticks with, those are the ones we need to focus on and encourage them. You know, put them in the right environment so they don't get discouraged later in life. Because what I see a lot of times is like kids aren't getting mentored properly. And they don't get the right counseling. You know, like I talked to a, a candidate in their early in their career right now, no internships in college. No one told him to take internships in college. So he didn't get exposure. When it's time to get a job, he doesn't have that experience. You know, so I think it's just a lot of people getting the right people in their ear doing the right thing. But like I said, we got to focus on the people who, who it sticks with, you know. Um, okay. So... Moving up to present day here, we have an engineering shortage. What do we do about that? How do we fill these jobs? Do we just say, yeah, robotics and AI are going to take care of everything? Or is this really something we need to address? We have to address, but we have to address it now with the with filling the pipeline with, with kids early. I mean, I mean saying it is not taking care of the proper the issue now, but you have to take care of the kids now. But the the the, the what I find in talking to our clients and, and just my own experience is that. The, the, our our clients have a harder time finding the right candidates. A, they get a lot of people who apply for jobs in engineering, but they don't have the right skill set. They may be short on on um, 
you know, certain skills or even personality, you know, because like um, our salespeople are engineers too. So you have to have the right personality to be engineering sales. Uh, so it's personality, sales, it's location, it's communication. All those kind of things are necessary to hire the right person for the team. That's what people hire us for, to find the right fit to put on their team. But the, the, the but in college, they, they have to go down to industry like MathWorks does a great job of, of introducing people to their products in college. Just by every candidate I talk to that comes out of college has seen MathWorks and used it at some point. Every industry that wants to be a player or be exposed to that kind of stuff has to do that those kind of things early in people's career. Like us personally, we are connecting like on LinkedIn with every young person that's coming out of college because we want to be with them throughout their career. So I'm, I'm going to put in a plug for one of the programs we're doing here called Engineering Heroes. We're mm. looking for people who are doing extraordinary engineering work and are getting very little credit for it, or maybe credit's the wrong word. They're not getting any of the fame that they really should get for the work that they're doing. However, right. in most cases, it's because they don't want the fame and they don't want the spotlight. And <laughs> we have a difficult time convincing them that they should be honored. So mm -hmm. is is that part of the problem that these people just have that personality that they just do it for the love of the work and not for the the money, the fame, the adulation that comes with it? It really is. I I I pound into our engineers that you have to brag about yourself. You cannot afford to be humble. You can't be cocky, but you got to be you got to be super confident about who you are and what your skills, what you bring to the table. And we talk about telling people about the accolades. You know, what have you received for solving those problems? Is it, is it a patent? You know, is it a, a bonus? Is it a raise? You know, whatever those things are, I tell our candidates they have to do a factual brag about what they've done. And to you know to highlight what they've done in the past, but like you said, otherwise they won't say anything. Yep. Okay, so let's get to what these people really want to hear. What's the job market like now? The mark, job market is really really good. I mean, it's the, the lowest three point eight percent unemployment in technology is much lower than that. Some people say it's negative unemployment. Um, um, I did a search today in D for like embedded software engineers, like fourteen hundred jobs available, um, and the the thing the the so the market's really good in terms of engineering. Um, it's just a matter of getting the right people in the in the right companies solving the right com solving the right problems for um, for them for their for their companies and their customers. So, what is a starting salary for a, an electrical engineer today coming out of college, and is it the same for an engineer and a, and a software guy? It, it 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 varies greatly between location, between if they want to work remote or not, <laughs> which is hard to do something with an EE degree. Um, the um, yeah, so it varies a lot across the board, but uh, typically we see people come out between ninety and one twenty, one thirty, um, depending on their the skill level. Um, mm -hmm. But as we discussed before that skill gap is the issue. A lot of times they don't have the right skills. You know, um, a lot of schools aren't teaching the, the things that industry needs. You know, a lot of guys, um, um, with, with electrical engineers and computer engineers, at least you know they've touched hardware, you know, yeah. so they probably have C. Um, but computer science people and that kind of stuff is a little bit different because they may have only been taught Java. And that's not what people are looking for typically in embedded space. Okay. Talk about geography a little bit. Am I going to make a lot more if I work in San Jose than if I work in Des Moines? 
Well, it's, it's really different post-COVID, um, but San Jose is definitely going to be more, but we have people pushing back on hiring people from California now because they know they're going to pay the higher salaries. You know, so there may not be, there's always going to be, you know, things going on in Silicon Valley because Silicon Valley, but um, West Coast and, uh, I mean, <laughs> East Coast and Central typically pay, um, let's say Central, for example, Central region pays lower um, than typical uh, East Coast, West Coast companies if you come out of Boston or, or San Jose. Okay. And what about the school you come from? Does that make a big difference? That, that makes a big difference. That makes a big difference. Um, well, if you come out of, even if you come out of a, school, a top school with a lower GPA, you're probably able to get a little bit more than somebody coming out with a lower tier school. Um, but um, we have customers that, that clients that look for those higher end schools on their resumes. Um, a lot of them feel that they have better trained uh, than some of the lower tier schools, but um, but the thing is, I'm not saying leave lower tier schools out because I, I'm a big believer that the people who come out of the, of the lower tier schools and ranking at least, they're much more, I don't say much more, but they're really determined to, to, to make their mark. So I don't say sleep on those people either. Yeah, that was the question I was just about to ask. Am I better off being in the top 10 at a lesser school than I am being middle of the pack at a better school? My thing is, I don't believe in paying for college. So you go to the school that's going to pay to pay for you to go to school. You know, so I, my thing is, go, go get into the best school you can get in that gives you the most money. Um, if you can get a scholarship, get a grant or whatever, that's where I, that's my philosophy. And then if you want to go on to there, get your, get a 4.0 GPA, go on to Harvard, Yale, Stanford, MIT for your graduate degree, you're set. You know what I mean? But I, I, just, I just believe it. I don't believe in paying for school. I believe that you go get, go to the school, you get the most money from and get the best education you can. That's really interesting. And you raise another point. Do I need a master's? Uh, I, I've told people I would not spend the money on the master's unless they really want to do something different with their career. You know, if you want to switch total careers, I think it's worth it to go back and get a degree um, and get a master's. But if you're, in, if you're staying in the same space, People appreciate the work experience more. So I say go out and get more experience. You know, it's like one of the things right now that's a tough one to, to, to feel is people with a rust experience uh, in the embedded space. There's a very small, very, very, you know, <laughs> pea-sized pool of, can of candidates out there that who know rust. You know, get up, get, you know, get to know rust, get the cloud experience, get, you know, more of those experiences that will raise your pay. Good deal. This is very interesting. I'm sure the audience in the find is very, very interesting. Um, where do they find you, Marcus? Um, find me, just find Webster Webster on uh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and and, uh, uh, and Facebook. But we have a website, but we're uh, most of our people that find us, find us on LinkedIn. <laughs> and before we start sending people your way, do you want people to contact you who are looking for jobs? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People are looking for a job or looking people to look, hire people. The thing is that what we do best, we find the right match for people and companies. So when candidates call us looking for a job, we talk about first, what do they want to do? OK, because no one doesn't do anyone a, a service if we get them an interview with a company and they don't want to do it. You know what I mean? And, 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 and vice versa, we find candidates for our clients who have the right skill set and personality. You know, so like I said, our 
our salespeople are engineers. They have physics degrees, you know what I mean? So you have to have the right personality. Um, and FAEs, for example, getting engineers, we pride ourselves in getting engineers into um, FAE roles where they can get a total uh, change of life and to get a, a bigger bump in pay. You know, so um, we're all about getting the right people to together. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Marcus. I appreciate your time. Are you welcome? Thank you. That was Marcus Webster from Webster Webster Associates, and I'm Rich Nass of Embedded Computing Design.